You see, some of us have allowed society to put us in a box or, or we're putting ourselves in a box and we're trying to say, oh, we're supposed to be able to do this and be able to do that based on the box, based on the stereotypes that are placed on us. But if God is calling you to do something, whether it's inside that box or outside that box, you have been commanded to do something and to not do it is disobedience. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, all over the world. Good morning. It is Monday here on Church Boy uh, Confessions. Uh. He will direct your path. So what's there to fear again? Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. Thank you so much. Ooh, tuning on in once again to the Church Boy Confessions podcast, episode 106. Hope you guys had an amazing last week. Um, my week was filled with some good news and some bad news, um, but nevertheless, God is still good. You know, I actually read in the devotional somewhere in First Thessalonians chapter five. It says, "In everything, give thanks." You know, and um, that may not mean you give thanks for all the bad things, but in those bad things, in those situations that you don't like, that aren't you know the most tolerable or favorable. There's always room to give thanks for God. Um, you know, I got blessings last week. I got some bad news last week. But it's like, you know, I'm not going to sit here and relish on only the bad things because I know that God is for me. The devotion I read said that us being thankful even shows our trust in God. You know what I'm saying? And, and that really spoke to me because when there's bad things happening and good things happening, you know, if you're trusting God with the bad things and you can focus on giving him thanks and the good things. So, um. Yeah, give thanks. Give thanks. That's not going to be the topic of today. However, let me close this window. All right. It's not going to be a topic of today, though. <laughs> Maybe soon, because because um, that's always that's always an important thing to talk about. But today, I want to talk about something that I've talked about before. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like I got a refresher on this topic as of recent with the Holy Spirit. Um, and it's really talking about... The point of this podcast is going to be you can't serve God at your best and care about what people think. Um, that's a big one. You know, as if you're familiar with this show and the episodes like episode nine and, you know, just episodes here and there, I've talked to you guys about my insecurities. I've talked to you. And the, the other episode that was really popular was um, watch this when you're feeling ugly. It's something about feeling ugly. It is one about comparison, all that different stuff. And, I, and I've opened up to you guys about insecurities that I had in the past, um, a big insecurity battle and how God's delivered me from those things. But it doesn't stop insecurities from still coming, um, but more so I'm more equipped to defeat them every time that they come. And I'm out of that like hunch of like really being caught up by them. You know what I'm saying? Um but yeah, like a lot of the insecurities would always revolve around validating myself with other people and, um, and, you know, trying to control how people perceive me and whatnot. It's always been a really big thing for me. Um, and, you know, it's always led to a lot of paranoia and everything. As of recent, I've gotten some more um, I've gotten some more responsibility in the church. You know, I'm typically I'm, I'm, I'm more used to doing things that are behind the scenes at the church. Um, I mean, the most on stage thing that I would do is, uh, you know, be a part of the music team. But I have been asked to do some some things on stage. Now, Emmanuel Heke's relationship with public speaking is, you know, it's 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 love and it's hate. You know, I think a lot of people throughout my life have thought that I was really good at, at public speaking and whatnot. Um, I've actually won like medals, like 
at like some competitions when I was young in middle school. I, I was I was a beast in middle school. Uh, <laughs> so it's like it's funny because like I feel like people think that I'm good at public speaking. I don't think I'm that great. Um, just because like a lot of times I get nervous and you know I have certain mannerisms when I'm nervous. Um, and I end up kind of being fixated on thinking, what is everybody else thinking while I'm talking? And it causes me to stutter. It causes me to, you know, not be very confident in the things that I do. And, and that happened, um, the last time I was on stage and, you know, I think I still did a pretty good job. However, as I was walking back to my seat, I know I didn't do my best. Right. And as I was walking back to my seat, the Holy Spirit kind of like spoke to me and said, like, this is why, like, this is why I've taken you on this journey and learning why you cannot care about what people think and seek validation from other people. Because when you're thinking about what other people are thinking while you're trying to do what God has called you to do, you're not going to perform at your best. You're not going to do your best. And it hit me so hard because like, you know, it's one thing to be behind this uh, this mic and speak to you guys, and I don't take it for granted. I don't think that that's any less than anything else. But you know, so it's a it's a completely different ball game. I'm I'm by myself here. You know what I'm saying? But it's a different ball game when I'm on top of the stage speaking to people in church. Um, and you know, my uncle would tell me some things where it's just like there's two things that he told me that were very important. And the first thing that he told me was that look, when you're up there, you, you need to be confident and it's, understand that it's not about you. It's not even about the people that you're talking to, but it's about the fact that God called you there and you have to serve God, you know. But it was hard for me to do that because I was thinking about what everybody else was thinking. And the thing is, my church is very respectful. I love everybody. We're, we're a very close-knit family, but that doesn't stop insecurities from coming. You can have a very secure relationship with somebody, but insecurities can still be there, right? Um, But I'm thankful that the Holy Spirit gave me that realization that, you know, the reason why I can't care and I've been put on this journey to not caring about what people think of me and not seeking validation from other people is because as I do that, it hinders me from doing the best I can at the things that God has called me to do. All right. And disclaimer, before we get into the episode, you know, and dive deeper, when I talk about not caring about what people think, I don't want anybody to take that and start being a jerk to everybody else and have a chip on your shoulder. I don't care what nobody thinks. That's not what I'm talking about. You know, because there's a there's an attitude that you have where you don't care about what people think and like you're you're a jerk and you're sinning and you're doing all this and stuff. You don't take correction. That's not who I'm talking to. I'm talking to the people who care about what people think to the point where they're seeking validation from these people. And that's the issue. Right. Um, I told you there was two things that my uncle said. The first thing was that it's not about you. It's not about them. It's about God and your service to God. And then the second thing that he told me, because he's the one that's been like, you know, telling me to get on stage and do all this stuff is Jeremiah chapter one. And, you know, this is this is a place that I've read on this podcast multiple times. It's a place that I've read multiple times. It's one of actually one of my favorite verses, passages in the Bible. But this time when he said it and the way he 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 said it to me, I kind of saw it in a way that was different from when I typically saw it. And it really spoke to my heart, especially because I feel like it was very much um, like the situation that I was in. So we're going to start at verse four, Jeremiah chapter one, verse four. And it says, sorry, then the Lord, then the word of the Lord came unto me saying, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. 
Then said I, Ah, Lord God, this is Jeremiah speaking. Behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Verse 8, Be not afraid of their faces, is still God speaking. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, 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 I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. May God bless the hearing and the reading and understanding of his word in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Let's get into it. So, reading this now, I felt much, much more like Jeremiah, and I can relate more with Jeremiah, you know what I'm saying? There are things in this passage that really stood out to me. The first thing that stood out to me was when he said, hey, God, I am just a kid. I can't do the things that you asked me to do because I am just a kid. Now, my question is, who in the world told that Jer Jeremiah that he was now unqualified to do the things that God has asked him to do and called him to do because he is a child? It wasn't God. It wasn't God. It was society. And it was a very it was a very big social norm, you know what I'm saying? You you have things like where it's like kids are supposed to be submissive to their parents, of course. This is I mean, this is the Bible, right? But when God is calling you to speak, first of all, it was nothing against what God had already like laid down. Like, you know what I'm saying? This is how I want it. Like he just said, Jeremiah, I'm calling you to speak. And he came up with an excuse that, hey, I'm a child. I'm supposed to be the person who doesn't know as much. I'm supposed to be the person that's unqualified, unfit to do these things. I can't do the things that you're asking me to do, God. Why? Because society made it made made him think that, hey, you're just a child. You know, the prophets before him, they weren't they weren't ch children like him. Of course, like God used David at a, at a young age. David wasn't a prophet, though. You know, I mean, look at the leaders that would talk to all the people. They were of age. They were older, right? But here you go, little little JJ, little Jeremiah. He says, I'm just a child. And 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 what God's response was that says, Don't say that you're a child. And why? Because I command you to do these things. You're going to do as I command you. You see, what we have to first understand is that God's command over your life supersedes any societal norm. Because the fact of the matter is, it's the societal norms and the stereotypes and so on that we're, that we're scared of breaking, right? That's why I hate being put into a box so much. I hate, I hate being put into a box. Because, you know, the box that Jeremiah was in is that you're a child and you're supposed to do A, B, and C. And being a prophet of the Lord is outside of that box, so Jeremiah said, I'm just a child, God. But God said, don't say that you're a child. You're going to do whatever I tell you to do. You see, some of us have allowed society to put us in a box or, or we're putting ourselves in a box. And we're trying to say, oh, we're supposed to be able to do this and be able to do that based on the box, based on the stereotypes that are placed on us. But if God is calling you to do something, whether it's inside that box or outside that box, you have been commanded to do something. And to not do it is disobedience. But a lot of us, we shrink back when God is calling us to something because everybody else is saying that that's not what we're supposed to be doing. Because of A, because of B, because of C. It's, ne it's never really scripture, but it's because of A, because of B, because of C, because you're black, because, because you're, you're, you're poor, because you're a kid, and so on. 
But when God calls you to do something, it not really matter your 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 qualifications according to the societal norm, according to whatever criteria that society comes up with. If God has commanded you to do something, you do it and he's going to supply you with everything that you need in order to do it. But we think about how other people are going to see us. And sometimes we even go to the point of agreeing with how other people see us. I am just a child, God. That's what Jeremiah said. I mean, I'm even thinking, you know, I'm, I'm thinking that, I mean, it doesn't say this in the Bible, but I'm thinking Jeremiah must be thinking, does the children of Israel even want someone like me, a child, to be the person that's speaking and saying that God is speaking to me to speak to you guys, you know? But I think that we can tell from our personal life that God isn't always in the business of giving society what it needs, I mean, what it wants, but is more so in the business of giving society what it what it needs, Right. God doesn't always give you what you want, but he gives you what you need. And the same thing with society. People probably thought that they they wanted a great elder to be their prophet. But instead, they got little JJ and Jeremiah. Another thing that stood out to me. Was when God said, don't be afraid of their faces. You know, when I when I would read this before, I never really understood, you know, I never really connected the dots where it's like, who are the faces that God is talking about? Before I'm thinking like, oh, that's just the enemy. That's the adversary. But the faces that I believe that God is talking about in this uh, scripture is the faces of the children of Israel. The faces of the audience that Jeremiah is being called to speak to. Don't be afraid of their faces. Because fact of the matter is, there's going to be people in this crowd, these people who are spectating you, these people who are looking at the things that you're doing, who's going to think that you don't deserve to be there, who's going to think that you're unfit. They're going to think a million different things. They're going to say, look at your track record, look at your reputation, they're going to look at your uh, your uh, uh, past sins, whatever it might be. They're going to look at, you know, just the fact that you haven't done this, you haven't done that. They're going to be like, you are unfit to be there, but God is the one that's called you to, to be there. But so many of us, we see, okay, well, they say this this is how it's supposed to go. This is what I'm supposed to do and not this. Or this is this. I'm supposed to not do this. And then I'm supposed to actually do this instead. Oh, that's not my route. This is my route because of A, B, and C, this different qualities that I have, different things that I do. And when God is calling us to do something, we're so caught up on how other people perceive us that we don't even do it or we do it in a weird way. We do it in a way that God doesn't want us to do it. Being so consumed with people's validation is an issue because when we do things that God has called us to do, our confidence is supposed to be based on the foundation that God has called us to do it, not based on the foundation of being validated by other people. And I experienced why when I realized that me thinking about what everybody else was thinking was making me not to perform as well as I know I could. Ultimately, when you're thinking about what everybody else is thinking, you get to a point where you're serving everybody else more than you're serving God. So that can look like having a seat when people tell you to have a seat. It could look like quitting when people say that you should quit, you should try something else. Um, It also looks like changing the way you do things and not doing things the way that God has asked you to do things specifically. Caring too much about what other people think and trying to seek validation from man 
is an obstacle between you and doing things that God is asking you to do. That's my case. So then the point is that the reason why you shouldn't care too much about what people have to say about you, what people think about you, is because you cannot afford it. Because you are denying yourself, remember that. Because remember, you said that you want to do the will of the Father, and whatever God asked you to do, you want to do that. Right? And if anything is trying to keep you from that, then it needs to be cut out. You can't afford to think about what everybody's thinking about you so much. You can't, you can't afford to do that anymore. Because God is calling you to do things that are outside of your box. God is calling you to do things that, that hey, you know, you're not used to doing. You know, that that's 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 might that might be what's happening right now in your life. And right now, maybe you're stalling on doing it because you want enough people to give you compliments and you want enough people to say, go and do it before you actually do it. But God's calling on your life. And I, I've heard this, I believe. <sighs> I believe I think T.D. Jake said this or something like that. But God's calling on your life. No, it wasn't T.D. Jake. It was like a pastor that I that I uh, had in D.C., like the calling that God placed on your life is a theocracy, not a democracy. It's not a vote of the people on whether you should do this or do that. It's God has commanded you. That's why he said, don't say I'm a child because you're going to do what I command you to do. <laughs> but I feel like some of us, and this is where I kind of switched it up. I feel like some of us, you know, we think that, okay, bet, I'm going to be the person that doesn't care about what people think. And on TV, you know, that person always seems to be the coolest person. You know what I'm saying? And then, like, everything, you know, you like how people perceive them. They're the person that doesn't care about what everybody thinks. At the very least, people respect that person, right? But the fact of the matter is, just because you stop caring about what people think about you does not mean that they're now going to think you're cool or they're now going to think that, you know, they're not going to see you the way you want them to see you. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, fact of the matter is, based on things that they see, they're going to jump to the conclusions on who you are, and they will still put you in a box. They will still place stereotypes on you. The critics are still going to critique. The haters are still going to hate. The scoffers are still going to scoff, and people are still going to make conclusions about your identity based on the things that they see. The little pieces, the little pieces here and there. They may not know you all the way, but they will come to some type of judgment on who you are, even if you care about what they think or if you don't care about what they think. And you're likely not to not like any of it. So the point is, is you are you ought not to care about what they say, period, and focus on God. Don't care about how people view you, period, but focus on God. Because if you're too consumed with what people are saying, what people are, how people are viewing you, how they perceive you, what, what they what, what they gossip about you, whatever it might be, what they're thinking about you. It's going to tie you up. It's going to consume you. And we need that energy. We need that energy for serving God. I'll give you a perfect example of myself, man. I told you guys the first episode down, like, you know, the whole church boy persona being placed on me. Right. Um, And, you know, the thing is, like. I, the reason why I never liked it, even though it's Church Boy Confessions, I 
it is what it is. I've kind of I'm kind of starting to embrace it more and more. But the reason why I didn't like it is because, you know, the it made me feel like everybody thought I was so perky and goody two shoes and and, you know, I, I wasn't very masculine and so on. And like, you know, maybe people thought this, maybe they didn't think this, but I'm sure that some people thought this. And like, even if they did or they didn't, it didn't matter because I was thinking that that's what they were thinking because I was consumed with validating, get, validating myself from them. You know, and I didn't I didn't like and to this day, I, I don't like it all the time being called a church or being seen as a church boy. I don't like it. And I, and I always try to dismantle this image. And every time I try to dismantle this image, I come to a crossroads. You know. I came to a crossroads rather recently and I realized that, yo, you know what I'm saying? Like the reason why people think what they think about me and have these perceptions about me is the things that they see me do. Just fact of the matter of it. The reason why Emmanuel Heke might be seen as the goody two shoes, church boy, innocent, weak and meek and all that different stuff is because of the things that I do and the things that I'm about. I had to come to that realization. Emmanuel, you're a church boy confessions. (laughs) You preach every week. Emmanuel, you serve in church every week. Emmanuel, you have a lifestyle media platform, faith based. Iman, you've made it clear that you are a virgin. You've had multiple conversations with people. You, 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 you're not scared to say that you are a virgin. Iman, you've never been in a fight before because you don't like violence. I like the UFC, but other than that, I don't really like violence. I'm the peacemaker type of guy. And I don't, I don't say this to brag, but it's, it's, just, it's what I'm about. Iman, you're the person smiling all the time. You're the person that skips. You eat nothing but cakes and kombucha. This is what I do. In fact, of the matter is, that doesn't sound like the toughest guy in the world. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, but that's the things that I do. And people will come to conclusions of knowing all about me and everything about me and putting me in a box because those are the things that they see me do. And I was pissed off about that for so long until I came to a realization that, yo, and really the Holy Spirit told me that, yo, if you don't want people to see you as a church boy, you know what you got to do, Emmanuel. And Holy Spirit told me, you got to cut it all out. You got to stop the podcast. You got to stop on the social. You got to stop all this stuff. You got to find a girl to have sex with. You got to stop skipping every place. You got to stop smiling at everybody else. You got to stop. You got to change it up. That's what Holy Spirit told me. If if this is what's pissing you off so much and you don't want it to happen, then you, you got to change the lifestyle then. And give people different things to see so they can base conclusions on you. You might still not get what you want. But that's what you got to do. And ask me the question, is that what you're willing to do? Are you willing to change the things that you do for God in order for people to not see you as a stereotypical church boy, Christian boy, whatever it might be? And the answer to that, when I when I if I really if I'm really real about it, the answer to that is no, it's not something that I'm willing to do. So so be it. Now I'm put in a position where it's like, okay, I can't care because I'm realizing that. And the Holy Spirit kind of convicted me where it's like the reason this is talking about me, the reason why the the way the way out of this, like, you know what I'm saying? This this uh, image like that other people have on me is to stop doing the things that God has called me to do. So if that's the case, I've been resenting if I'm if I'm resenting that people view me this way because of the things that I do and I try to stop doing those things. That's like resenting Jesus in you, bro. 
that's like resenting Jesus in you. Because fact of the matter is, all these stuff that I do is because Jesus is in me. And I don't say this stuff to brag, but the stuff that I do is because Jesus is in me. The compassion that I show is because Jesus is in me. The reason why I preach every week is because Jesus is in me. The reason why I'm a virgin is because I want to honor Jesus with my body. The reason why I'm meek in certain situations is because, hey, Jesus is in me. The reason why I'm a peacemaker hey, is because Jesus is in me. Fact of the matter. That's, that's what it is. But I hate these things about me because it makes people see me as a little church boy that doesn't, you know what I'm saying, that so innocent, so weak, so whatever. Not tough and all that different stuff. Not not a man or whatever it might be. I was resenting Jesus in me. And I'll be honest with you, I know I'm not alone because there's some of us that we're not doing what God has called us to do because we don't want to be seen as a church girl, the church boy in our friend group. We don't want to be seen because if everybody knows we're a Christian, they're going to say that, oh, you're a Christian. Oh, you go to church every week. Oh, you go to this. You go to that. Oh, OK. So you're black or oh, you're brainwashed. You don't you don't you don't know that that's the white man's religion. Oh, you're a coon. Or they're going to say, oh, you're you're the, one of those stereotypical, hypocritical, judgmental Christians and so on. And some of us, we even hide the fact that we're Christians and we don't do things to serve God because not because we can't. But because we don't want to be seen as that stereotypical, we don't want to be placed in the box as the goody two shoes. We don't want to be placed in the box as whatever it might be that has to do with Christ in us. And it's a shame that we are hiding our light and it's a shame that we are no longer being the salt of the earth. Not because we can't. And not because we're not feeling conviction. It's because we are suppressing Jesus in us. The spirit of God in us because we don't want to be seen a certain way. We still want to be down with everybody else. We still want to relate on every level with somebody else. But the fact of the matter is, man, you're seeking validation from other people and you can't serve God the best you can serve God while also seeking validation from people. You're either going to serve him or you're going to serve what people what 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 you're going to serve him. or You're going to serve people. Fact of the matter is that that's it. You're going to serve him or you're going to do what everybody else tells you to do because you're trying to seek validation from them. That's the fact of it. There's no way around. There's no other option. (sighs) Matthew chapter 5 verse 16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Verse 13 from that same chapter says, Ye are the salts of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savor... Wherewith all wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot of men. You have to understand the devil's game plan sometimes. Get this person to stop serving God. You thought that the bullies that bullied you in elementary school, middle school, high school were just there by coincidence. You thought that the beauty standards that were placed upon you right when you hit puberty was there by coincidence. But we don't understand that these insecurities we've been feeling our entire lives are not there by coincidence. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. There are powers, there are principalities that are trying to get you to remain insecure so you can base your entire existence and everything you do on validating other people rather than serving God. It is a distraction. We're being distracted. 
We're getting to, the devil wants us to get to the point where, oh my gosh, I'm not going to do this because people are going to see me this way. I'm not going to do the work of God because people are going to see me this way. And that's when he says, checkmate. Got him. He's sitting down. Got him. Oh, she just quit. Got him. Oh, she's not going to share the gospel in this situation because she's scared about how people are going to look at her. Got him. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> like, think about it. My obsession with, with not wanting to be the church boy means that I would have to stop doing what I'm doing right now. Stop being used the way I'm being used and tried something else that's more cool to society and makes me appear a different way. And how many people, including myself, could be harmed from, harmed from that? That's his game. That's what the devil's game is. People, 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 man. Please, please, please. We've got to stop. We've got to stop. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, God, for your goodness and your mercy and your love. And I pray that you help us to stop to stop caring about what other people think, to stop caring about how they're going to view us and, and what they're saying about us, Father God, and do what you have called us to do. Father God, find our validation in you, our confidence in you, Father God, because they're trying to stop us, Father. The enemy is trying to stop us from doing the things that you, that you call us to do and being the person that you call us to be, Father God. So I pray, Lord, that you help us to be your workmanship, Father, and do the good works that you've, that you've saved us unto, O oh God. And that your name be glorified as we are the lights of the earth and the salts of the earth. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. I'm done. I love you guys. I hope you guys have an amazing week. Um, man. Ah, oh, God is good.